0: This is LBC, from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien.
1: I I hadn't decided whether we were going to do it or not. The decision has been taken away from me. We've, We've played the jingle. We have to do it now. I think you're right, actually. I think after a week of particularly heavy lifting in the realms of politics, it would be rather sweet to dip into the cooling bath that is Mystery Hour. (laughs) <laughs> what is it? I <laughs> should probably explain before we get too excited and pleased with ourselves. Mystery Hour is your opportunity to get an answer to a question that has been eluding you for, for some time, uh, and, and I mean literally some time. It might be three seconds, might be three years, might be your entire adult life, might be your entire adult life plus childhood. The point is this, somebody else listening to this programme will know the answer to your question. No one is allowed to look stuff up, that is pretty much the only rule. And if you've never caught this feature before, you should know that the questions veer, often within moments, from the deadly serious to the sublimely ridiculous. You've also got a better chance than usual of getting in early on this. If if you're familiar with it, then you'll know that every Thursday, every week at 12, then uh, the the switchboard melts. Actually, that's probably not a very good figure of speech to use in the current climate, is it? It could be literal. But. It, it, because we're doing it today a little bit unexpectedly, having postponed it from yesterday in order to accommodate the new Prime Minister's first speech in the House of Commons, um, you've got a better chance than usual, of course, of getting on today. So it's, it's it's like who, why, what, where, when, whither, whence, wherefore. Why do we do that? Where does that come from? What's the origin of this? What's the origin of that? How come this? How come that? And somebody else listening will know the answer and they ring in on the same number 03456060973 and if it is correct and we adjudge the explanation of the qualifications to be sufficient, then we will do what we call going definitive, and you will receive a mystery hour round of applause. If your qualifications for answering the question, and this I need to stress is true of every hour that we spend together, all 15 of them uh, each week, 16, I suppose, if you include the podcast. Oh, no, you can't get a round of applause during the podcast. That would be weird and slightly scary. Uh, But the 15 hours a week we spend together via radio... Uh, at any point, if you make a contribution to the conversation that draws upon qualifications almost unbelievable in their relevance to the subject under discussion, so if we were chatting about the royal family and Prince William rang in, for example, which will happen one day, uh, then you'd get the most dizzying award that British radio... In fact, I think World Radio has to offer, and that is called a Ray Liotta, and that is when you will hear the Hollywood legend Ray Liotta share with you personally, individually and specifically the catchphrase from his film Field of Dreams, which we have slightly adapted to reflect the fact that if I do my job right, then I should get brilliant callers. Have I ever given myself a radio talk? There you go, you see, I'm not nowhere near as conceited, as you say. Uh, six minutes after 12 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery hour is upon us. You can be silly, you can be serious, you can be scientific, or you can be none of the above. All you have to do is pose a question that Ava and or Sam find interesting as they seek to second-guess my own proclivities and enthusiasms. Richard is in Shepherd's Bush. Richard, question or answer? Answer. <laughs> go on, then. <laughs> the <To break. laughs> good grief. (laughs) Give me a question quickly.
2: (laughs) Um, How many? I I bought yesterday for my son's third birthday um, a few of those helium balloons. Oh, yes. the ones I mean.
1: What, ready-filled? Ready-filled or did you buy the canister?
2: Ready-filled with a little pebble holding them down and he absolutely loved them. Yeah. And I was wondering how many of those would it take to actually lift a grown man, like myself, a 12-stone man, Off
1: the ground. I like that question. So, 12 stone man, helium balloons, how many to do... What was that film called? Was it Lifted? Well, that's the Lighthouse Family song. Up. Did you see Up?
3: Up. Never never seen it, but, yeah, I think I know what you mean. He does his whole
1: house, mate. He does his whole house with helium balloons. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cracking film, your three-year-old would love it actually, just about the right age, there you go, that's your weekend sorted I do, unbelievable I, 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 right. public service broadcasting, I like that question I, I really do, I used to have a little party trick when my kids were younger and there'd be a child holding a balloon and I'd, I'd give a child three or four balloons and then I'd nip upstairs to my daughter's bedroom and get some of her shoes and I'd come downstairs and I'd put the empty shoes in the middle of the lawn and I, I thought it was hilarious and I'd go oh no, she's floated away Our children thought it was funny. Actually, I'm not sure that's true. Next in Newmarket. Next question or answer? It's a question. Carry on. Um, Oh, before I do, um, you was wondering where Melbourne without an E was.
3: It's over near Boston. That
1: was uh, a week's back in Cambridge. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I was. I thought I'd correct it, but that's by the by. I always like a little bit of um, retrospective T crossing and I dotting. What's your question for today?
3: Well, um, I was watching um, my football team come. Last in a in a pre-season uh, tournament, uh, a week or so. I'm ago. sorry for your pain. And well, it's uh, get I'm used to it, now. Yeah. Um. And the commentator said something, and I thought I know who to ask. That he said uh, they're going home with the wooden spoon.
1: Oh, blimey!
3: I didn't know the origin. Oh, we must of have that. done this yeah.
1: before, but I can't remember doing it. It's, it's it, That's a really great question. What, what was the origin of the wooden spoon for people that come last in a? I think for sure me. Are. It'd be the Five Nations as is now the Six Nations would have been where I think I first came across it, the wood, wooden mm. spoon, and it might actually be a wooden spoon that gets given to the team that came. You have to presume it was, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, quite literally,
1: I suppose, yeah. Um, I'll find out for you. Someone will know That's a lovely question. Yeah, oh, three, four, th- thank you, mate. Oh, 0345 six, oh, six, oh, three. How many helium balloons would a 12-stone man have to hold in order to take off? In, in many ways, that's my favourite question ever. I just think it's a thing of beauty. And there's a special price for anyone who tries it this weekend. Although don't do it near an airport. You might get shot down. Jez is in Stanmore. Jez, question or answer? It's a question,
4: but I don't quite know how to follow that one.
1: Which one? The balloons the one? Balloons, the balloons, yeah. It's a beauty of the question, <laughs> isn't it? I hope we crack, get an yeah. answer. Sometimes when I overegg the questions, we, we don't get answers. but it's Well, um,
2: I'm sure this one's going to be interesting. Maybe yes. Professor Howe will give us something. Go on, then. Um, so my question is, why don't we see migrating birds fall out of the sky when they sleep?
1: Because they're not asleep in the sense that you think they are.
2: What do you mean? I've well, seen birds asleep. They sleep on perches. They have to get up high. No, but and... not
1: when they're flying. They're more in a state of kind of semi-sleep. You're not going to take that as an answer, are you? Semi-sleep.
2: Well, I mean, it, it may be, it may be in the sphere of, of correct, but it
5: feels but, as if there's but maybe. No, but well, I think there's two long, two things here. That,
1: first of all, not all birds are the same. You know, um, you have the. Uh, you know, migrating birds. You're talking about rather than. Yeah. Well, most of them are. I'll shut up actually and wait for someone who knows what they're talking about to <laughs> I mean, think
2: They fly for weeks. Yes. And and they travel huge distances. I,
1: I I'm so I'm burbling and waffling as you noticed. <laughs>
2: trying to wait for ideas to come.
1: Y- yes. You do you do that as well. Often it works, yeah. but not today. It does. Not now. <laughs> I've got nothing. Nada. Zip. Zilch. I got. I got. I just thought there was something. There might be something in there about I the formations that they employ as they. But no, I got nothing. So, how do flying birds? How do migrating birds sleep? Given that they are in the sky, presumably. That's a great question. Very strong this week. Helium balloons, though. That's a cracker of the very first order. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. How many helium balloons would a twelve stone man need to take off? I love it. I, I nearly... Don't ever tell you about the time I took off on Kimber Edge? So it's a sort of um, a rural park space in, in the Midlands. And I, I was flying my kite with my dad. I don't know what my dad... He got distracted by something. I, I don't know what. We didn't have a dog, and it was in the days before mobile phones. Maybe he was just bored. And um, and I started getting dragged across the grass. I'd be about six. And the kite had caught a particularly gusty gust of wind, and he must have heard my plaintive cry, Help, Daddy, help! And he comes tearing across the grass, grabs me by the ankles. Quite incredible. Well, not because I'd taken off, but because I think he sort of did a semi-rugby tackle. Uh, and, of course, the first thing he said to me was, why didn't you let go of the kite? And you know the answer to that, because you were six once. I'm not letting go of the kite. I've been pestering you to buy it for me for the best part of a year. I've only had it for one day. It's our first time out with it. I'm not going to let go of the kite. Could end up tangled up in some electricity pylons and dead. But, hey, I'm not going to let go of my kite. Be ridiculous. Twelve twelve is the time. Jeff's in Saint Albans. Jeff, question or answer?
4: Uh, question, James. Good afternoon. Um, the Jeff. question is, James, when yes. was the first canned laughter used? Mm. I would. The reason for asking is that I just happened to turn the telly on this morning and it was on a channel from that I was last watching last night, yeah. and there was a really crass American um, like sitcom thing playing, and um, you know the canned laughter was so obvious. So I just thought that that would be a decent
1: question. Do you remember I don't know how long you've listened to the program right? Do you remember my colleague Jones the engineer who used to used yeah. to be yeah. Yeah yeah a long while ago. A long while ago. He's still around. He's he's still 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 fighting the good fight. He's back on on the LBC team but he doesn't do this shift anymore. And and he said something to me during – I think it was the last election but three it was certainly a while ago when they had leadership elections. Do you remember they had I'd be the I agree with Nick ones. Do you remember in 2015 mm. or 2010? 2010, 2010 yeah, wasn't exactly. it? 2010.
6: And Jones, the engineer, because
1: they don't have a studio audience. And he said something to me that was very honest, and and I felt rather sweet at the time. He said, I don't really like it, James, when they haven't got an audience, because I can't tell whether or not they've made any good points or said anything funny. And I said, mate, you're supposed to arrive at that conclusion for yourself, not wait to hear whether there's any laughter, and then Mm. then decide whether it's funny or not. But I suspect, not to answer your question, but just to riff a little, I suspect canned laughter is actually a, a, a kind of... Almost like a marker. It's like this is a joke, like an emoji on a sarcastic tweet that says, "No, don't take this seriously. It's sarcastic." But when it began, it began with the talkies. But we need to get something specific. What an odd idea it was to have. We can't afford a studio audience, but we need a laughter track. I, I think there's something in that. It's a signpost saying joke, joke. I could probably do with one myself. Twelve fourteen is the time. Luke is in Bromley. Luke, question or answer?
7: It's a question very serious one carry on father of two yes husband of one why is it that it's peaceful in the car and yet as we approach the house everyone all of a sudden starts knitting the loop, yeah. and then it's, it's all hell breaks out it's... everyone rushes to the door the dancers, like Morris dances and everyone needs to go to the loop. It must be why s- is it?
1: subconsciously relaxing because it's not just in it? the car do you not get it when you're on foot as well
7: well, sometimes when you're in a shop, just when you look at something really interesting in, Comet, or in Pity World or something, you know, you start needing to go Then you think, hang on a minute,
1: come on. Well, no, that's different because you know? that, that is normal. But you know, it's, well, something happens when, you, when, when your brain processes the proximity to the toilet, something, the something get, relaxes inside you.
7: The nearer you get, the more you need to go. And then yes. obviously, we well, have two toilets, we have four people being the husband, obviously, tough enough. And you alert. can't bagsy it
1: first before you go in or anything like that. There's, this no, is no, an no. astonishing state of affairs. But but for me, it's worse on foot. I don't notice it so much in the car. I walk back from the station, and I'd be fine. I'll be conscious that I need to go, but I won't be in any stretch of the imagination desperate. Get to the end of the street, and I'm thinking oh, this is fine. Get halfway up the street, almost when I can see my own front door. Holy moly. I you, it? I what, don't what know. It? I don't know. But everyone, so, I mean, hands up if anyone who doesn't suffer from that.
7: Everyone <clears throat> fights over the, over the house keys. Dance like Morris dancers. And whoever gets in first, you know, is Australian. Choose Australian.
1: I'm with you. We'll no. find out. It's a nice one. I like it. How come you suddenly need to go when you get really close to home? 03456060973. It's
0: 12.15. LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien.
1: It is 18 minutes after 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we want to know how many helium balloons it would take to um, render a 12-stone man airborne. How many of us are thinking, I don't know if it's a decent number, I might try that this weekend. Uh, I I, I generally buy the canisters rather than the pre-filled balloons. They're great fun, because you can do more squeaky voice stuff as well, which obviously the children are very fond of. Um... Origin of a wooden spoon for people who come last in a contest. Uh, do do birds sleep in the sky? How does a migrating bird sleep, given that there's nowhere to land a lot of the time? When did canned laughter get introduced? And why do we need to go just as we get close to home? Why does our brain send a message to our bladder? That it's t- well, I might actually have answered the question there, uh, but we need someone who sounds a little bit more intelligent than what I do. Um, does does the brain send a message to the bladder saying you're nearly home, you can almost you can almost see the Kazi, therefore time to evacuate? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three or just merely micturate. James is in Collindale. James, question or answer? Answer. Carry on.
4: Um, so I'm here to answer the twelve ton man's question. Twelve stone man. Balloon. How
1: many helium balloons do yeah. we think?
4: So it takes about roughly three thousand nine hundred balloons.
1: Roughly so three thousand nine hundred.
4: Yeah, it's about five grams per balloon for a five liter balloon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we sell balloons in Collendale.
1: So yeah. All right, hang on. I'll let you plug yeah. your shop in a minute. But so, how, how, <laughs> so, so you, you're. What's the other bit of the sum? So three thousand nine hundred times five.
4: Yeah, roughly. If you have a five liter balloon. It depends on the
7: balloons. But where you,
1: where where do you get the three thousand nine hundred from? How do you know that's the amount you'd so need? You place the
7: order, and we'll get them
1: for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I asked you, Prune. I, I, I how do you know it's three? So is that if five times three thousand nine hundred, does that come close yeah. to twelve stone? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you think yeah. if you've got does it is that how it works? Right. How do you weigh helium right. if it's lighter than air? Pardon? How do you weigh helium? Liters. Oh, liters. Uh, well liters, why do you say yeah. grams then? Five grams per liter. You sound like you know what you're talking about. And then there. The, well, the... my
7: colleague is standing beside and me. that's I what I was about to, speak, to say.
1: Why won't your colleague speak to me? Is he too shy? Yes, he's
7: not listening. What? He's just too shy. I'm guessing.
1: Well, i either that or he's set you up to sound silly <laughs> on the radio. Which one is it going to be? Mm,
7: I don't mind either.
1: All right, so we reckon about 4,000 balloons. Hello, hello, Mr. O'Brien. Hello, Mr. Colleague, a balloon expert. Where are we getting... <laughs> th- Moses. Hey. Basically, where-
7: basically, scientifically, it's roughly one litre of helium can lift one gram of weight.
1: Right, now we're talking. So one litre of helium can lift one gram of weight. So if I had there a one gram are. weight and I put it on a balloon, it would... I'd have thought it was a bit more than a gram, actually. No, no, it's just
7: it's a gram. Is it? Yes.
1: All right. And that means about 3,900 would translate into about 12 stone.
7: Well, roughly, I, I would say more about 4,000. I was yeah, going to say, just ones.
1: to be on the safe side, get 4,000 balloons. Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. But you want to be able to, be able to come down as well not just lift up, so you got to be careful.
1: Yeah, but you just let go of a few when you want to come down. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Or you take a pea shooter with you and just pop <laughs> yeah. them on the way down. What did you say your name was? Moses. Moses and James. Good work, lads. What's the, what's the name of the uh, balloon company?
7: Jasim's Party Party. Say again? Jasim's Party Party. There you go.
1: Yeah. And you can do thousands and thousands of balloons.
7: Yeah, yeah, you place your order,
1: we'll have it. All right, good man. You heard it here all first. Right. Round of applause for James right. and, and no, indeed for Moses. No, good work, lads. I like that. Balloon experts. You see, they're all there. Uh, uh, oh, oh, we might have gone a bit early. Have we just done a premature congratulation? Uh, Stefan is in Luxembourg. Uh, Stefan? Yes. How, how, Hello. Do, how do I greet you? Are you monsieur or hair? <laughs> I'm German by uh, originally, so so, ha-
8: so ha- you, good. So you would ha- ha- be a doctor.
1: We, we have... <laughs> doctor. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. So we have a, a, something which I, I, I think, I mean, obviously your English is up to this. We have what's called an idiot in this country yeah. who's called Marc Francois. And he, yes. he he said something last night. He said, "Hair Juncker in his bunker, which he thought was hilarious. Is "Hair" the correct term of address for Jean-Claude Juncker? Because I... I, I I would have thought he'd be a monsieur. Uh,
8: no. Well, it depends, because in Luxembourg, you have two official languages. Three? You have German, you have German, French, and they actually have then also Luxembourgish original language. Yes. So you can call him Herr or Monsieur, depending right. on uh, oh, who well. he's correct.
1: I, I, thought, I thought he might have been um, even more yeah. daft than usual. But anyway, I apologise for ambushing you with that. Question or answer, Stefan? So I have an answer. Yes. The
8: answer is on your helium balloon. Uh-oh. So the... Uh, I think all you need to look at is the difference between the density of helium and air. So helium is about uh, 0.2 kilograms per cubic meters. Yes. And uh, air is about 1.2 kilograms per cubic meter. So the difference is 1 kilogram per cubic meter. Yes. And uh, the, uh, the force of the, um, uh, the, the buoyancy yes. is, the, is equal to the displaced volume. Yes. So if you want to lift 80, 80 kilogram man, you need 80 cubic meters of uh, of balloon um, that's oh. one big balloon of 80 cubic meters or if you take uh, small balloons at 10 liters that's, that's 8000 balloons
1: well you've gone way bigger than the last fellows now they were balloon yeah. salesmen so it's possible that you you're going to have a better qualification than that what are your qualifications i'm an engineer ah I don't know whether or not this counts as snobbery, but I'm leaning towards the engineer's analysis of this more Yay, than the, more than the lads man. with the, more than the lads with the party shop. I think <laughs> so. We reckon about eight thousand balloons then. Yes, and that's a ten-liter balloon. They said four thousand five-liter balloon. So you've
8: no, that's that's wrong. Then that's uh, it needs uh, yeah, a five-liter balloon. You need double that. Yeah, and that's just to float you uh, even. So that means.
1: Just, just the to the sort of hover, just up, to hover a few inches above the, the ground, you wouldn't. This, you wouldn't fly off into the atmosphere.
8: No, not yet. So, but the problem is that the density of air gets lower as you move up, ah. which means at one point uh, the difference uh, means that you will just come down again.
1: Difficult. Uh. I love it. That's a beautiful answer. I'm giving you the round of applause. I'm not going to withdraw James and Moses though, because they were such nice chaps. OK, thank you. Thank you very thank you. much, There, I love that. I a bit, an engineer in Luxembourg ringing a radio station in London to answer a question about how many balloons you need to fly. That's why I come to work every day. Sarah is in Tadworth. Sarah, question or answer?
9: A uh, question, please. Carry on. Um, at what point does somebody consider themselves fluent in a foreign language?
1: Ah. Well, I, I, you mean is there an official... Yeah, Benchmark. Like how
9: do we define, like, I can order a glass of water and I can say thank you or please, but yes. at what point do we go a bit further and go, oh, yeah, I'm fluent in five languages?
1: I think it's when you think in the language, so you're not translating it oh. in your head.
9: Right, I like that.
1: Yeah, I think I might I might claim a round of applause for that. that My that's, kids
9: are nodding. They're yeah, like, what are the, co- the kids called? Arthur and Henry.
1: Arthur and Henry sound like very discerning young fellows. The toe rags, driving oh, me mad. Oh, fair enough. My mother knows best. I'm not going to argue with you but about your own thank progeny. Thank you very much Ma- I'll take the round of applause, though. I- I'm pretty sure it must be, because I speak a bit of this and a bit of that, but my friends who are properly multilingual or bilingual, they, they think in a foreign language. They think in English um, uh, when they speak English. They think in Swedish when they speak Swedish. That's what they tell me anyway. Does that sound- I think that's a good answer. If- open to a steward's inquiry, as everything is. I wouldn't put up with that, Arthur and Henry, if I were you. Seriously, she might be your mum, but that's just disrespectful. Come on, lads. Man up. Ryan is in East Dulwich. Ryan, question or answer?
2: It's an answer, James. Carry on, Ryan. Uh, Migratory birds. Oh, yes. Yes. So they can... They have the ability to fly with either one or both halves of their brain pretty much asleep. So they go into, like, an REM state.
9: That's what I they said. Semi-sleep. Pain, Semi-sleep. So. Semi-sleep.
2: Well, yeah, but their brain is still active, so they're maintaining muscle t- muscle tension, and they can actually still navigate in that state.
1: Would there be any um, human equivalent? Oh, well,
2: it did. I mean, the research does will say REM. So they we, just say it's an REM state. But well, we can
1: sleepwalk, can't we? So it's not like sleep flying. It's different from that.
2: Yeah, well, they're they're, uh, they're they're actively still navigating, but then I guess yeah, you navigate when you're sleepwalking. But effectively, because they can maintain muscle tension, the air currents still carry them, and that's why they don't drop out of the sky.
1: Qualifications?
2: Wildlife cameraman.
1: So they don't flap when they're snoozing; they just glide. No,
2: a lot of migratory birds are just gliding when they're when they're high up in the atmosphere when they're doing they're the long distance migrations.
1: Oh, cool. They're job. just
2: following air currents.
1: Yeah. Oh, and you're a, a wildlife cameraman. What are you working on next? Do you know?
2: Uh, well, I know this because I've been working on a project involving lots of migratory birds the last year or so.
1: Do, and do you uh, go up in a microlight or something like that?
2: No, no, I've just been filming them at different stages of the migration when they drop down to ground level.
1: Cool job, that. But I'm off to do polar bears on Sunday. Shut up. <laughs> you serious? Yeah,
2: going away for a month.
1: Polar bears, man. Be careful weren't you they're quite you know oh yeah
2: quite. Fit. Have, you done, have you done
1: polar bears before
2: no never it was the reason i got into wildlife camera work
1: and, and and this is like your dream come true yeah so how many how long have you been doing it
2: uh since i graduated in 2010
1: so you've spent the best part of the decade working your way up to the dream that is unfolding this weekend of the polar bear <laughs> yeah mate that's so exciting what an inspiration yeah, you are to I'm younger trying. listeners. There you go. Follow your dreams, children, and you too could be like Ryan. Be very careful <laughs> like Ryan. I might I might can we keep his number? I might give you a ring when you get back. I hope it lives I'm up to your to. expectations.
2: Well, I usually go your podcast whilst I'm away, because there's no internet.
1: Oh, this just what a lovely bromance is developing live on the radio. <laughs> it's quite delightful. <laughs> well, there's plenty of podcasts to download before you go. There's, uh, um, this week's was particularly good, the Rory Stewart one. Last week's was uh, Chris Moyle's, very special, actually. So there's plenty to keep you company there. And I think on some airlines, there's another thing I used to do that you get as well. But um, I probably shouldn't mention that, now that I've changed teams. Thank you very much. Round of applause for Ryan. Up. Oh, i'd love to photograph polar bears i really would 29 minutes after 12 is the time questions that still need answers include the wooden spoon the canned laughter the uh the one about wee wee and there may be a steward's inquiry on fluency and languages but I, I don't know that there will be lisa aziz is here now with your headlines
0: History Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345
1: 6060 973. 12.34 is the time. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Do um, If you've got a holiday, if you're due to head towards Heathrow at any point this afternoon or even, I suppose, this weekend, then do head over to lbc.co.uk for more information. There have been a series of cancellations and postponements of flights as, as the result of a of an incident there, so just, just check lbc.co.uk if you're um, uh, about to head off to Heathrow because it's possible the news won't be good. 12.35 is the time. I suppose silver lining is, it's it's, it's unlikely we're going to go anywhere that's going to be hotter than here in the next week or so. <laughs> but I suspect if your yeah, holiday is hitting the, um, the buffers, then you wouldn't uh, necessarily take that as much of a consolation. Uh, Miss Chair. The balloons question has been answered. About 8,010-litre balloons you would need in order to take off, albeit a little bit. Uh, We need to know the origin of the wooden spoon as the thing what is given to losers. We need to know where canned laughter was first introduced to the world of television and why, just as you get home, your bladder almost surrenders to the inevitable, even though for the entire journey towards home, you've been more or less fine. You might have crossed your legs, but there was no major discomfort. You get, you get to the end of your own garden path. My garden path is six paces. You get to the end of your own garden path, and my goodness me, all bets are off. Why is that? 03456060973. We You can answer any of those questions, or indeed, if you have a question of your own. Richard is in Oxbridge. Richard, question or answer? It's
4: an answer, James. Carry on. Um, so the urgency of the bladder as you approach your front door? Yes, indeed. You basically already stole my thunder by oh. talking about the mining sending a signal to the body. Go on. This goes back to classical or Pavlovian conditioning. Yes. Um, Right back to the ring a bell, dog salivates. Ah,
1: because dog is always given a treat when bell rings, so he salivates. Well, it was originally. Yes, exactly. But eventually, you ring the bell. Do you know? But my dog does this. My dog does this. I've just remembered. What do you have a bell? No, it's not quite a bell. But I have. There's a little drawer in the kitchen where I keep the corkscrew, but I also keep the key for uh, the the building at the bottom of the garden the, the, my man cave right right now in winter obviously the back door is never open so whenever the dog hears me open that little drawer it means i'm going to the man cave which means he, means she, he can go out she can dash out into the Jeez, garden sorry. but what's really weird is we've got those concertina doors you know like the the, mm-hmm. the where the whole back wall of the kitchen can be open in in, in weather like this and we've had them open all week got for obvious reasons and when I go to get the corkscrew out of the drawer, the dog runs outside like a mad thing. And, I, and I'm like, oh, well, obviously I don't have long conversations with the dog, but I've tried to work out, and I've suddenly realised now, when you said that, that's what she's doing. She's she somehow in her brain, the only time she can get into the back garden is when she hears that drawer open. As yeah, as she exactly, hears the drawer the, exactly open. Exactly the principle. It, well, I never. You live and learn, eh? Carry on. Sorry, yes, Richard. But,
4: yeah. But, well, you, uh, we've, I think we've covered it, but basically every time in our lives that we've gone to the loo first thing upon getting home. Yeah. Which you never think about, but it's no. quite commonly the first thing you do.
1: It certainly is, now you come to mention the it. mind
4: The mind makes that association. You're on the way home, you slightly need, need a wee. Yeah. The mind... The psychology takes control of the biology at a certain point.
1: Beautifully You're walking
4: pop- up towards your front door or down your path or whatever your living arrangement is.
1: Yeah. Well, in the and lift, the maybe, if you, you live in a big over. block of flats, you might be just going past the eighth floor.
4: Oh, at, like... Because if it starts at the front door and you're on the top floor of a block of flats, then God help you. Yes, exactly. Maybe that's why lifts are so unsanitary so
1: much of the time. We've done another... This is an astonishing telephone exchange, live on (laughs) national radio. Not only have we worked out why my dog tears through the concertina doors, even though they've been open all day when she hears the drawer rattle with the corkscrew in it, we've also perhaps established why so many people pee in lifts.
4: Yeah, like Pablo's theories have stood up exceptionally well. So many of the older psychological theories get debunked Freud there's a lot of research that's yeah. laughed at Freud over the years Pavlov's stuff just kind of keeps
1: but, is that, but but that's because it is as much about biology as it is psychology isn't it perhaps
4: it's one it's one of the big theories that kind of show how strongly they're linked yes um, a, and I do
1: whereas I your totally Freud believe. your Freud is pure psychology so it's more likely to be superseded by a subsequent paradigm than, uh, than Pavlov is. My problem with Pavlov is I've got a mental block on Pavlova and I always, whenever I say <laughs> Pavlovian, you say Pavlovian, I would say Pavlovan, which of course is a, a dessert involving meringues, fresh cream and yeah, often there's, raspberries.
3: There's, there's more psychology
4: for more and more meringue for you. I that's, think I envy your life. That's
1: what it is. What are your qualifications? That's a brilliant answer. Uh,
4: MSC psychology. <laughs> Not that flashy. but Guys,
1: it'll do, mate. You're a masters. Let's get it in. Round of applause for Richard. In fact, give him an extra round of applause, because there, there were Easter eggs in that call. <laughs> to use some video this games. Wow! This fantastic! No, that, that that's for you, Richard. That's what I wanted you to have. That was exactly according to plan and script. You got an amazing Mystery Hour round of applause, plus a Mystery Hour exhortation. 12.40 is the time. That was I bet that is why so many people we enlist because when you get to the bottom of the... When you get home, your brain sends a message to your bladder saying you're home now, but actually you've got to you might have to wait three minutes for the lift and your bladder's going, All right, you told me I could go to the loo now. You told me I could go to the loo now, and you're in a lift. Ollie's in Kings Lynn. Ollie, question or answer? Hello,
4: hello. Um, hello. I've got two answers, one current, one retrospective. No, you the can only you can being... only
1: contribute what you have cleared with the producer, Ollie. Uh, okay, cool. Um Obviously. Wooden spoon. Wooden it spoon, was yes.
4: Traditionally given to the Cambridge maths graduate with the overall lowest score.
1: Really? Yeah. That's a bit mean. So, you. Yeah, well, I thought that as well. So, no one would get anything except the person who came last?
4: <clears throat> I'd assume that the person who came first probably got a very nice life afterwards. But, yeah, the person who came um, last, last got gets the... a wooden
1: spoon. I mean, theoretically, yeah. you could have done brilliant. You could have got a first and still got the wooden spoon. Theoretically.
4: That's a very good point, actually,
1: yeah.
4: yeah. Well, in that case, I don't think the
1: wooden spoon would matter, would it? No. It's just a bit really? odd. So, and that. Do qualifications on that one?
4: I went
1: to Cambridge for an open day and there's an exhibit about it. Well, that'll do. Round of yeah, applause for Ollie. No, well played. 12:41 <laughs> is the time. So whoever came last in the in the maths matriculation is that the right word? I'm not sure. I've used it now. Would get a wooden spoon and that then passed over into sport. I thought it was coming from the rugby. I genuinely thought it was the Five Nations. Um, but no. Gary is in High Wycombe. Gary, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Carry
0: on. I'd like to know why certain languages, um, particularly European languages—French, uh, Spanish, Italian—attribute uh, masculine and feminine to inanimate objects.
1: So would I know. So would I. No what a great question. And
0: yeah. And random. And in fact, I even know that in Russian, they have a masculine, feminine, and a neuter. So they have three sort of genders. But, uh,
1: for for inani- uh, inanimate objects. Yeah, because we have yeah. three as well. We have he, she, and it, but we don't apply them indefinite articles no, we we to don't. anything exactly. else. Exactly. So you have to match the adjectives. with with a few exceptions, ships.
9: Yeah,
0: but that's just how you want to describe them. But in yeah. in in romantic languages, as as French. Um, yeah, Spanish. the we've only got you one have, the. Have to match haven't the we? adjective to the the to dog,
1: the yeah. man, the woman, the bathtub, whereas they would have le, la.
0: I like, yeah. yeah. exactly, or la, and you'd have to match, in, in, in some languages, the, the adjective would have to match the gender of the noun.
1: I'm trying to remember what, Latin? What happens in Latin? I don't think it happens. You don't really have definite articles in Latin.
0: Uh, I think you do, actually. Do you?
1: What's Latin for the? Yeah, I think so. In fact,
0: they have three um, um, genders. S- they have s- a neuter as well, s- I think.
1: Spell on cart. Yeah, you're right. Not nominative. Mm. I don't know, actually. I'm just showing off my... The paucity of what I can recall from my Latino level. Um, I like that. Yeah. Why? Why do we have gender in, in foreign languages? I was trying to wonder whether they were Latinate languages as opposed to Germanic, but um, I, I don't know. Twelve forty three is the time. Thank you, Gary. Nice voice Gary had, didn't he? he had one of those soothing voices. I aspire to a soothing voice. Anna is in Birmingham. Question. Hello, or, hello Anna. Question or answer?
9: Um, question. Yes. So why do we paint our ceilings white? Why do we associate the colour white with, like, spaciousness? Like, what's that about?
1: Well, I think you've answered the question.
9: Yeah, but, like, why but why do we equal it to spaciousness? Because like,
1: of the light. Because in- of the light gets absorbed or reflected. Oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> and you paint it white because it makes everything feel more spacious. You already knew that.
9: Yeah, but like I thought there would be like more of a technical reason why because we don't paint our ceilings like a lighter shade of yellow or like a, a different li- color, lighter or shade of want. pale, pale,
1: yeah. You, can, you could do, I've got a magnolia ceiling, I think.
9: But what, oh, okay, man. So it's just like the other colors, they seem like, yeah, they're they they all white, the isn't
1: it? All white, I sound like Michael Barrymore. Is everyone's ceiling all white? Is yours all white, Paul? All white. Ava, all white. All white. Sam, all white. All white. Yeah, they're all white. I had
9: a grey ceiling once. Did it was you? A bit was, upsetting. Was that so deliberate or was it
1: just dirty? <laughs> um, I think it
9: was deliberate. Some from of the, uh, some <laughs> like of the ceilings.
1: Some some of the ceilings when I was a student, and they were of indeterminate colour. You really wouldn't. Want, <laughs> you really you really wouldn't want to go there. You should have seen the floors. You think the ceilings <laughs> are dirty? I shall try and find out for you. I, 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 Gary Burton, mate, should be on this. One of my one of my crew. Should be there to uh, answer this question. He is a, a painter and decorator of great renown. He's probably up a ladder, though. He'll be too busy to ring in. He might not know. Why do we always paint ceilings white? 0345 606 0973. It's 1245.
0: Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. This is LBC.
1: It's 12.48 and we have had a rather special mystery hour. I do hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Origin of Wooden Spoon we've done. So we need to know about canned laughter and masculine and feminine words. 0345 You are, of course, welcome to challenge any of the answers that have already been awarded a mystery hour round of applause. Um, But those, as far as I can remember, those are the two main... Oh, and White Ceilings. So white ceilings, masculine and feminine words. Why? Why why do we do that? It's not necessary. And canned laughter. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need. Cordelia is in bushy. Cordelia, question or answer?
9: It would be an answer. Yes. But you have to bear with me because I'm very, very shy.
1: Okay. I shall bear with you as much as you need. You don't sound <laughs> very shy.
9: Uh Basically, I'm French. I've been living in England for 23 years.
1: Yes. 23.
9: And um, (laughs) I think that you become fluent when you actually think in English. Yes. And I was dreaming in English as well after about four years. Really? Yes. And it's, I mean, it, it might sound funny, but... It does happen. You've got a switch going on. And when you actually go shopping, uh, when you go shopping, your shopping list is in English in your head. Yes. And I think that's the moment where it switch. You don't lose your accent. You still got your accent. You still make mistakes. Evidently. But you've got, you've got a switch going on.
1: I, I, and, and can you remember when it happened?
9: It was about four years after I came. I you, came you, in 1996.
1: But you don't remember a moment because I, I know this is a slightly stupid question, but because it wouldn't be the moment that you noticed it that it happened. You would just go, "Oh crikey!" It, look, I've been thinking in English. I can't remember well, when it I was, a
9: dream. So it you was wo- a dream. So you woke
1: up one morning and thought, "I dreamt in English last night. I must be fluent now."
9: Well, it's it does happen, and it. It just, you know, you've got a switch going on and it's, it's like a... I mean, I've been living more years in England than in France.
1: And when you go back to France and you conduct your day in French, do you dream in French again?
9: No, they call me as a traitor because i 've got an English accent in France, and i 've got a French accent in England
1: oh it's so, so I'm stuck in the
9: middle.
1: oh, it's terrible. It <laughs> used to happen to me at school i'd get I'd get teased at school for being not being posh enough and teased at home for being too posh. Can you believe it? The crosses we have to bear Cordelia so yeah i I figured that that you know thinking it was going to be the definition of fluency, but dreaming it adds a lovely. New complexion to the question and indeed to the answer. What are what are your qualifications? I'm French, really, and I'm bilingual. Uh,
9: no, I'm a writer. Oh yes, uh, I'm a pub, I'm a published writer.
1: Snap, um, snap.
9: I write in English, okay. and I've got five published books. Really, what sort of uh, what read... sort of
1: books do you write? The, 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 what, what sort of work do you do? What sort of books do you write?
9: Uh, spooky stories. Spooky stories. Yes.
1: Do you want to give yourself? A pl- I mean, they're, they're they're suitable for a family audience, are they?
9: Uh. Yes, I would say so, but there lot, there's lots of uh, swear words.
1: Okay, well, that's, that's all right. We've done a warning. Would you like to plug your work? Would you like to tell people your full name or, or, or not?
9: Uh, Cordelia Malfet. Um M-A-L-T-H-E-R-E.
1: There we go. If you like spooky stories with a French accent, then Cord- <laughs> Cordelia Malfait, it's the is the author for you. Round of applause for Cordelia, please. <clears throat> Great work. 12.52 is the time. Mario is in Portsmouth. Mario, question or answer? It's an answer. Carry on. OK, so it's about the same question that uh, the previous caller answered. You okay.
5: Cordelia, that was her name? Yes. Um, I'd like to sort of challenge um, what she said, what she said in a way, because both your answers about to the question mm. are about how... It's like an individual um, cognitively or in the mind thinks about the language. So, you know, thinking in, in English or in any other language or dreaming in a language, it's a property of you as an individual. Yes. So Being fluent in a language fundamentally means interacting socially with other people. So, you know, you could be thinking in language A and still be able, not be able very well to make yourself understood or understand other people in that language. So, you know, the, the ability to think in a language doesn't necessarily make you fluent in that language so what i'd like to add to the to the to the answer is that you know you can't really measure it but it, to me being fluent in, in in a language means feeling comfortable in negotiating meaning with members of the community where that language is spoken but but if you think so, you know, in if
1: i thought in french I, why would yeah. i not be capable of communicating fully with somebody french
5: but yeah, because thinking in a language isn't the same as being able to make yourself understood. I mean, let, let's think about native speakers of, of English or, or, yeah. or any language that don't speak any other foreign language. So they're constantly thinking only in that language, right? Mm. But that doesn't mean that they're good at making themselves understood or even understanding other people. So in other words, they're not necessarily uh, good at negotiating meaning. You see, language...
1: Yeah, I think I understand. I, yeah, no, I get. A course get of a course, so oh, I see what you mean. Yes, I see what you mean. So, so would somebody, yeah, sort of raised in isolation, almost as like a spe- yeah. an experiment, yeah. would they be able to? They can think in English, but would they be able to walk out into the world and speak in English? It's a good question. Well, exactly. It's a good answer, actually. I love this. All three answers have worked. I'm not. I'm not withdrawing any rounds of applause. I'm adding you to the list. What are your qualifications? I'm a lecturer in linguistics. Flippin' egg. Oh, it's, a, it's a good job. It's a good Sorry job. I didn't start. It's a good job. I didn't start criticising you. <laughs> isn't it? I sounded like a right prune. Round of applause for Mario. Thank you, mate. Twelve fifty-four is the time. Oh, I did a hook and tease earlier, and we completely forgot the top prize in the Fortnite World Cup. You know that there are. It started off with. They're now in America. They're playing Fortnite for money in front of massive crowds at Flushing Meadows, where they usually have the US Open Tennis. Every, there's 11 UK players there. Everyone who's got through to this bit gets 50,000 bucks. Every single one of them. There's about 200 left. They get 50 grand each. There's singles and doubles. Guess what the prize is? How much do you think you win for playing Fortnite? Don't tell the kids this. Seriously. It's tough enough getting them to do their homework. If they think they can make a career as a professional Fortnite player, they'll never open another book again in their lives. Shall I tell you? Are you ready for this? Three million dollars three million dollars someone's going to win this weekend playing fortnight which I've never quite got the hang of over 30 nations represented there's about 11 Brits there, 11 UK players, most of them are teenagers, most of them are school age, I heard one of them being interviewed earlier he said how many hours a day do you put in to get to this level, he said oh, about 8 to 10 he was 14 8 to 10 hours playing Fortnite. it's outrageous Andrew is in Brighton. Question or answer, Andrew? Are, are you in Brighton?
3: Uh, no, 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 no. I'm living up north at the minute. I bought a boat last oh, year.
1: OK, well, that's why we got confused. Now.
3: Yeah, no, no, exactly. Um, so why do you paint ceilings white? Yeah, Basically, because it's a lack of colour. Yes. Um, and what is colour? It's something that absorbs light. Um, so you basically paint the ceiling white, so, you keep all the light in the room. It
1: reflects got, rather than absorbs. It
3: reflects,
1: yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, that's it, that's it. So that's all you, we any, need. Any
3: other colour, it gets darker.
1: It, it absorbs the light. The light kind of disappears. Qualifications?
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, colour chemist.
1: Colour chemist?
3: Um, yes. So, wow. printing inks. Um, basically, I've worked on a number of things, um, one of which has stamps that you've probably um, posted um, things on. Yeah. Well, you come up with the colours? Um, yeah, yeah, formulating colours, so using different pigments. But whatever pigment you use, it absorbs light, which is why you paint the ceiling white. No, I, I know. I'm, all, I'm more colour. interested
1: in your job, but I've got, you've already got your round of applause over the line. So, I mean, who, who name, if you came up with a new colour, how do you name it? Um, we don't name the colour. Um, Could you name one after it, Sheila Fogarty? Yeah. Um, I could do. <laughs> could, you, could you do that? It's the next time you invent a colour. Could you call it Sheila? Um, well, you can call it whatever you want. Um, no, but officially, like, so it'd, be, it'd color, be like on a colour chart or something. Colour chart. <laughs> Sheila.
3: Um, well, then it's, it's colour sphere is what you want to think about. It's um, whether you're up and down on the light and dark scale, oh, or you whether done you're done going
1: oh, green, red, No, I love it. It's great job. I, I mean, it, 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 you don't get a Ray Liotta, sadly because you don't need to be a color chemist to answer this question but it's a fascinating job it really is yeah what what's not next many people like
3: me
1: <laughs> what's next on your on your on your to do list
3: um getting back into color chemistry
1: <laughs> Yeah, good man good luck to you round of applause for andrew the color chemist <laughs> How fascinating absolutely brilliant i mentioned the full disclosure podcast earlier um, i was far too modest to point out that it reached number 1 in the itunes charts again this week yeah. Uh, but Monday's is a good one.
6: I was going to say the Rory Stewart one was brilliant, I have yeah, to say. Can we I clip would, that? I would it highly advert. recommend it. it, is, a isn't modern, it?
1: Yes. What a refreshing individual he is, whatever isn't you it? may yeah. think of his yeah. politics. But the, the personality and the honesty is a thing to behold. So that's still available. And the one on Monday is Adam Kay an astonishingly um, self-defeating decision on my part, given that he is the man that kept me off the top of the paperback charts. Uh, that pushed me into number two, my best showing. Um, but it's a brilliant book. It's better than mine, which is why he sold one and a half million copies. And we'll be talking to Adam Kay about his book, This Is Going To Hurt, and his life as a junior doctor and subsequent career as a comedian. That goes out on Monday. Um, and that's it from me for another week. I will be back Monday morning from 10. And uh, hopefully, well, I-, I won't be too sunburned. And I mean this most sincerely. Put cream on. Put cream on. All right. Here's Sheila Fogarty.
6: And put clothes on. Well, also. clothes. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It's not either or.
6: And don't jump in random bodies of water no, that you're really not familiar don't. Please, with. Please, please yeah. don't. Do seriously. That. Very right. seriously. Thank you very much, James. Uh, from three today. Are we meant to be grateful when twenty thousand police officers removed from frontline policing are eventually replaced with new people taking years to train? As the body count rises, I don't hear an apology, do you, from the new Conservative government, should that government apologise for slashing police numbers. Uh, Two, uh, it looks as though a general election is in the offing, and uh, with Dominic Cummings being appointed uh, to the heart of Downing Street, the plotting has been going on for years, no doubt. The planning has been going on for years, no doubt. Can Labour match it? Uh, Especially if the Tories team up with the Brexit party. But first up... How's it going in those talks with Jean-Claude Juncker?